Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. On tonight's show, Radio... Radio, that's a good start. Newark Rugby Club Chairman Andrew Fern and Director of Rugby Tim Barker are in the hot seats as we look back at a mixed season and address the questions that had Rob Wardman sitting firmly on the fence. It was the county championships for Newark AC and a trip to Austin for the Striders. The Twins and Graham give their versions of events later. This is Radio Newark Sport and these are the headlines. You can't beat playing the, playing the Newcastle music when you've got a Tottenham fan in the studio. We start with our congratulations to Amy Hunt, who went number two in the UK age 16 all-time list last week with what is termed as a rapid 11.38 seconds for the 100 metres at the University of Birmingham Midweek Open. Rapid? Very rapid. Congratulations goes to Joe Hayes for making the England under-20 squad to play in the World Championships in Argentina this June. Joe, a familiar face at Callum Road, helping coach the under-16 squads, which includes his brother Callum. The Leicester prop was the water boy, apparently, for the Newark under-16s when they won the Knotts Links and Darbs age group title at Scunthorpe. Might have a bit more on that story to come. Olivia Whitelaw is on the long list of eight names for the dressage event at the up-and-coming Pony European Championships in Poland. Final squad, due to be announced in June. Newark Amateur Boxing Club's Chloe Davis has reached the semi-finals of the school's championships after another unanimous decision. And Tony and I remember Chloe on her first bout. We went to see her and uh, she's coming a long way very quickly. A tough day's racing for Leo and Finley Bass at Newcastle. Leo finished off the final three events with three second places and that got him a silver medal. Finley is starting to look stronger every week. Mid-table finish there and a very creditable fifth. Becky Gallup finishes 27th and the third lady home in the Austin Spring Dash, a 10k race. She's 30 weeks pregnant and she's still the third quickest lady in this county. And away from Newark, it's been reported that UEFA investigators will recommend Manchester City be banned from the Champions League for at least a year over allegations of... (laughs) No, there's no biasness in here. Uh, Financial irregulations. (laughs) And finally, Mansfield Town have announced they've parted company with manager David Flickcroft. And that's the price for not getting promotion. Um couple of quick stories then tony um manchester city um possibly being banned from the champions league um i don't know the full story but uh i don't really understand what they've done wrong that the likes of paris saint-germain who can spend 400 million pound on two players in a 12-month period uh, and apparently there's no problem i think the secret is doing it subtly and i don't think uh, man city have done they've been found out that they've got a 60 million deal with the Emirates and um, <clears throat> they haven't uh, covered up the loose ends quite carefully enough. 
So if they haven't got European football to deal with, that's them winning the treble again. But it doesn't usually affect their season, does it? Well, not really, no. <laughs> You'll be a friend of the chairman for life now. <laughs> um, but I think the Mansfield Town boss, for losing on penalties, he gets sacked. That's Yes, harsh. but he could have won any one of the last five games and got promotion and managed to blow the lot, I think. <laughs> I mean, it, it was hard work for Mansfield to blow promotion, but they mm. managed it. John Marsh should be quite happy. But I would just like to say with our guests in tonight from New York Rugby Club that every Monday night, Rob Wildman has done a sterling job, but um, his sitting on the fenceness reached new levels, where, I think it was last week. Yes, when, it was. When Mick it was said, brilliant. would you say that, new, uh, that uh, rugby players can drink? He said, I wouldn't like to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take Newt Flosev on in the drinking competition and Rob wouldn't like to comment who was going to win. We, we knew who was going to win, but no, Rob wouldn't. Very, very quickly, two runners. Amy Hunt, Becky Gallup. Mm. Well, I mean, 11.83 is pretty good, but... All three eight. Well, yeah, that's even faster. It is. Yeah, when you look at it that way, mathematically. But um, if she's not 30 weeks pregnant, it doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Becky Gallup is just astonishing. I mean, that kid's going to bounce out, isn't it? You know, it's just incredible. It's just... And she's, she was the 27th over the yeah. line. But I mean, I mean, I'll, I'd give up if I was only one of the other hundred and seventy-three. I've I've competed athletically while looking thirty weeks. No, you've competed. But, 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 but while looking thirty weeks pregnant, but I mean, that, that's some achievement. That is. Incredible. Anybody's ever called you an athlete? No, no. <laughs> called you quite a lot. Yeah, but... <laughs> quite a lot, but never athlete. No, right. Um, special week this week, and it's our first of a meet the chairman shows. Um, we're going to find out what's in store for New York Rugby Club, but first we need to look back over last season. And on one side of the coin, you've got NLD Shield winners, a double over Southwell. And we say Southwell in this studio, by the way. We don't right. we don't call it the other name. Um, Southwell, the under 14s and the under 16s both winning NLD Cups, and the new facilities opening. But the first team finished eighth in Division 2, and it's been a constant struggle to get three teams out. You said goodbye to the head coach with a month left of the season. So there's good and there's bad. So, Andrew and Tim, welcome to Radio Newark. And um, for the next ten minutes, I want to look back at last season and um, get your thoughts on how you think it went. And at the end of the day, was the progress? After half past seven, we'll find out what the progress is going to be. But let's look back over last season and let's start with the first team because everybody looks at the f- in in the club i mean a fantastic club the junior section is second to none probably in the country <coughs> but everybody looks at the first team so how would you sum up the first team season well before tim goes uh, uh mick thank you very much for inviting us here tonight really pleased to be here uh, just a little link to your last item were you aware that amy hunt has a rugby club connection as well no. Because she is the cousin of Will Britton. Oh, who's right. the club captain. How wonderful. So there's a um, uh, little bit of continuity. So we need, so, so we need Amy and Will in one night. <laughs> you do. Amy you do. and Will. Okay, that's the first note. Yep, you're right. It's been a really busy season. I'll let Tim talk about the rugby in a minute. Um, we started back in September by opening the new clubhouse which we think is great. Uh, it gives us everything we've, we want. Uh, the first team has had a 
a season like the Curate's Egg, you're right. Um, it's curious, really, because you we have been Southall twice, but Southall. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the, the Holy City, anyway. Somebody, and, um, somebody said only posh people call it Southall. So okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go along with that. All right, well then. Anyway, um, I'm really sorry to see them go down. We always have a good day when we play them, whether it's there or with us. That, that and, split the club. 50-50, or it seemed to, or everybody I mm. spoke to, it, either, yeah, let's get rid of them, we want them down. From a from the chairman's point of view, I would have thought, that's your biggest payday gone. Well, it's certainly one of them. And uh, But it's, it, it, we've got a lot of friends over there. I remember yeah. doing the sports awards with you um, uh, <laughs> earlier in the season, and um, you taunted me about um, the forthcoming game against Southall. I sort And, um, uh, the the reality is, yeah, sure. There's a great local rivalry, and we we love playing them. We love beating them even more. But at the end of the day, we know them all. They're all our mates, and um, the rivalries, as far as I'm aware, friendly. Yeah, and uh, long, long may it continue. So I'm sorry that we won't have that regular game, but I hope that we will get to play them in one or one or the other the cups or or, or something like that. Uh, we need to have that fixture in the um, in the portfolio. The other interesting thing is that Dronfield came second in the league. We beat them home and away. So that explains my curate's egg um, explanation. Tim will go into more details. We've had terrible bad luck with injuries. I'll let Tim do that. Uh, we've had some of our eight, eight under 18s uh, let me get the the figure right six under 18s m- most of whom play for the first team representing the nld at under 18 level we've had three under 18s um going on from the nld to midlands to play at that level and th- three more of the first team playing for the nld at under 20 level so that's great we applaud them and we encourage them and we're delighted for them but when they're playing for the NLD they're not playing for us so add on the injuries and we get a fairly depleted looking first team squad bearing in mind that out of last year's regular first team we had four retirements senior players so I think um we can give a very good account of ourselves for this season. It's not what we wanted. It's not where we wanted to be. But at the end of the day, we are a, an amateur community club. And I think when you look at the overall picture, including uh, the sides throughout the club, youth, the mini, the girls, I think we've, it's been a great year. Because I, I am, don't forget, I'm chairman of the whole club. I've yeah, got of to look. Of course. I, I accept entirely that the, that the first team is the flagship. But I have a wider perspective. But Tim, let, yeah. let Tim explain the first team picture. Yeah, looking at, at that league is a very competitive one. Um, I absolutely agree with Andrew. I think the, the highlight was, was beating Dromfield home and away. And when you look, there were, there were really three sides that, that, that were 
if you like, a cut above and cut themselves away from the the rest. And they were Melbourne, who were out-and-out winners, very, very strong, Dromfield runners-up, and then Long Eaton. And then after that, it's very, very tight. And I, I did a bit of analysis before we came. And we finished eighth. You know, we finished fourth last year. That sounds like a, a significant drop in standards. But when you actually scratch away and look a bit deeper into those results, we came we came eighth. We we had ten wins at home. We had a draw away at Ilkeston, and we had eleven losses. And then when you look at the other sides, in fourth place, Ashbourne won eleven and lost eleven. Raisin were fifth. One eleven, drew one, lost ten. Loughborough, one eleven, lost eleven. Lincoln, one eleven, lost eleven. So when you think Ashbourne in fourth, we were the, the difference was that we drew one and they won one. Else it would have been exactly the same. The key difference in those results and why they are where they are is the bonus points. So particularly try bonus points. So you score four or more. You get an extra point if you win, and losing bonus points, you you lose the game, but within seven points, and you still get a point. And we didn't pick up enough bonus points. Our win loss ratio compared to those others, as you can see, is is actually not bad. It's there or thereabouts. There were significant uh, retirements at the end of last year. I mean, Matt Clark, bit of a legend, previous captain, Buds, another legend, without doubt. Dave Shields and Mikey Boyd. Now that was always going to be difficult to fill those to fill those four big pairs of boots, um, and I think we did it pretty well. It's a very young squad. We played Ashbourne. Uh, it's about a month ago at home, and I was I was sat at home on the Saturday of the game, you know, fretting away as as, as I do on a Saturday morning, and I'm just looking at the team sheet, and it just struck me that that looks a very young pack, and I, just for the hell of it, I I worked out. And the average age of that pack was 21. Absolutely on the nail, 21. Now, as a pack, in that league, 21 is very, very young. And I think it's fair to say we have stood up very, very creditably. Um, In fact, we've bossed the majority of sides up front. So I think that's a huge bonus and a huge huge pat on the back for for those young guys. You know, we played... Uh, two of the lads we were talking about, Will Will Sage and James Brogdon, who got through to the, the Midlands under eight, eight teens. I mean, they've played regularly in our back row, and they're 18 years old. Are you losing them to university? Have you got we, a year? We may well you lose James. Uh, Will is looking for an apprenticeship, so we're, we're hopeful of, of hanging on to him. And we've actually, just as, as an aside, we've, we've actually initiated um, a little scheme about six weeks ago then i know you know alan swain very well alan's very prominent in it to to try and bring the resources we've got within the club of which we've got significant in terms of local employers entrepreneurs um to try and match them up with lads that are looking for alternatives to university because yeah retaining players recruiting players just you know we all know it it doesn't happen automatically so uh and that's 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 proving really really popular Quick one before I go to um, to the Twins and the Athletic Club. Um, great admiration for your captain. Um, a very probably, I'm almost certainly the league's youngest captain. 
I would think so. He's still 25. Um, we had a great debate of if he was going to be, if, 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 if he actually was new at rugby club's youngest ever captain, of which Mr Swain put us right. Oh, he would. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently it is the aforementioned Mr Swain. Um, <laughs> um, as we was told, wasn't we, Tony? He's, he's got to miss that. <laughs> nothing else, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's a different team when Will Britton's in that team. Yeah. I mean, Will's had, he'd be the first to admit it, a, a tough first year. It's been a really steep learning curve. I can absolutely honestly say he's, he's been a joy to work with. Um, I really, really like working with Will. He's mature way beyond his years. Uh, he's a nice guy. He knows the lads. He gets on with the lads. He's got their respect. Um, and on the, he produces on the park as well. So, you know, and he's, and, what and, more could you possibly want? And his mother's enthusiasm is brilliant. Well, they're both, they're both <laughs> down, home and away literally week in week oh, out it's, it's yeah, it's great a, to absolute see. joy to see and talk talk to um and will, and will of course have spoke to us many, many a times you've had we'll stick with the seniors for a minute hmm. rob tells us that um it's getting harder and harder to get three sides out on a saturday afternoon and i don't think that's a new <coughs> at rugby club problem well, it's not a new at rugby club problem it's a sport problem it is um <laughs> the uh, RFU call it um, uh, the Facebook generation the 16 to 24 age group who for some unaccountable reason appear to be reluctant to commit so in the good old days when um, you, I mean, if you played rugby during the winter you played every Saturday unless you got a wedding or you're on holiday you didn't have weddings but cricket as well i played a lot of yeah. cricket and it, you just played and now there seems to be a, a lack of preparedness to commit to a weekly game for instance um the lincolnshire merit league has cancelled has fought has folded the um derbyshire cup doesn't exist any longer it is across the board but we, we are doing our level best to correct that we need to correct it we think we've got the infrastructure right we've, we've got the environment right at Newark to give the players all the opportunities they need but tim do you want to just say briefly what we're doing on thursday we're just going to go to the twins because they start training at 7 30 yeah. so i've got to get them in mr smith's champing at the bit for a, a quick word and it's going to be a very quick word um when i do come back remind me i must mention what dusty here said about the new facilities i was just going to say the very sad bit of news tonight that the newark rnm midweek side cricket uh, they won the league title last season and they've had to cancel tomorrow night's match because of lack of availability mm. and it's not just rugby it's sport in general is the, the commitment just isn't there I agree 100% with the Facebook generation and the problems it brings. OK, straight to the phone lines, and it's just Tilly tonight. Lauren's away, Paul vaulting, but it's Tilly. And, uh, Tilly, you've got a lot to talk about, I think, so I'm going to shut up and let you get on with it. Good evening. Good evening. Right, thank you. So, we had great results on the weekend from the counter champs of Lincolnshire and Notts. For, there was a double gold for Lauren Owens in the 100 metre hurdles and the pole vault. A silver and bronze for me in the 100 metre hurdles and long jump. Um, gold was also for Ethan Lincoln in the under 30 oh, hurdles with a 15 second 
run. And then also well done to Josh Clee for a silver medal in the 75 metre hurdles and a bronze in the 1500 metres. Craig Rodwell got gold in the hammer. And Luke Sayer also had a good day on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, some more great results from Derby and Hull. Amelia Crispin got gold in the 1500 metres with a new PB of 4 minutes 49 seconds. Luke Sayer, gold in triple jump with a new PB of 11 metres 25. Zoe Smith, gold in the 70 metre hurdles in 12.41. Silver in the 200 metres and bronze in the long jump. Josh Glee got bronze in the 800 metres with a time of 2 minutes 31. Lauren got gold in the triple jump with when I got a silver and I got gold in the 400 metres hurdles and Lauren got silver. And also well done to Cameron who competed in the quad kids at Derby. He got a PB in each of his four events and his overall, his overall score was 193 points which was 63 more points than last year. So he did really well. And finally, well done to Linton Taylor at Ipswich as he got a huge 5k PB with 13 minutes and 56 seconds. So well done to everyone for the weekend. It was a fantastic weekend. Why is the county championship so early in the season? You're only just getting in running mode. Yeah, I actually don't know. <laughs> it's just at the start. It's, it seems <laughs> crazy to me that they're, they're, they're so early, but I think you've got a you've got a busy season coming up and a lot to get through. Yeah. But a few more medals then on the mantelpiece in the Owen household. Yeah, well, we get badges as Lincolnshire, not medals, so a few more badges. Well, no, it, it was a fantastic weekend, and it, and it was yeah. brilliant. I'm so pleased that you both did. Um, you both did so well, and Newark KC's name was up right up up there at the forefront as well. Yeah, and, uh, and that was great to see. I'll let you get off training, and um, we'll catch up with you next week with uh, whatever else is happening. We've got the Northern League next week. The Northern League, so you can tell us all yeah. about that, and sister uh-huh. may sis, sister may well turn up as well. Yeah, Lauren might come, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tilly. See you later. Thanks, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was Tilly and a fantastic weekend for our athletes. And if you want to go and look on our social media pages, there are reports there, are both on the Nottinghamshire County Championships, which was held at Derby, and the Lincolnshire County Championships, which was held at Hull. <laughs> no, I can't figure that one out either. Um, but now, um, before we move, we move on... Dusty Hare was in here the other week and he's the only person I've heard so far that was critical of what I think is the most fantastic clubhouse that I've seen in 50 odd years of going round local sport but Dusty's got his own opinion and he said his opinion um Mr Chairman would you like to um answer Dusty's criticisms I'd be delighted to uh, and I, I do so uh, from a position of some strength because uh, I've known Dusty since we were at school together and um, known very well as a friend but I, th- I just think he's got this wrong uh, with greatest respect to the old boy the reality is that he is the only person to the best of my knowledge who has uh, expressed a view that it's not a great facility the reality is that we've got six ensuite changing rooms to built to a very high spec we've got referees rooms we've got physio suite we've got the lot great facilities between the changing rooms and the bar and the bar area the club room divides into two but we can seat 180 in it it's got picture windows out onto the um the first team pitch wonderful bar it has it, it, it's right to say 
not got all the walls filled with our old memorabilia yet. Now, Dusty says, if I and I want to quote him reasonably correctly, that it's too empty and it's too like any other clubhouse in the country. But of course, there is one distinguishing feature, well, more than one, but one major distinguishing feature, and that is we have a whole wall dedicated to the memory of one of our greatest ever players, one Dusty Hare. It's a whole wall filled with his shirts and his caps and a, a bit of a story about Dusty. And I think that's great. No other clubhouse in the country has got that. It's got a wonderful corner, restored with pa- the old pa- or look-alike panelling, fantastic photographs from yesteryear, old teams. We've even got, and it's particularly relevant this year, we've even got the letter from the Reverend Gorse, who was headmaster of the Magnus Grammar School, back in 1919, inviting some former pupils to come to a meeting to join what he called a rugger club in Newark. Great memorabilia. We've also got a great wall uh, set up by um, Barry Thompson and others, which traces the history of the clubhouse from the early 60s to where it is now, its various incarnations, and celebrates the work of all the volunteers that did so much work to get where we are now. I think Dusty's got it wrong, and I, I think it's disappointing for us because literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteer hours have gone into what we've got today and we're proud of it we're intensely proud of it we think we're right to be proud of it i think it's it's sad really that dusty doesn't feel able to be proud of it as well no i i'd love it i love it and as regards the rest of the walls well history's being made all the time isn't yeah. it Je- jess weaver was england <coughs> captain the the other week and you've got history being made all, all the time so you need space to put that on the walls of course Mick, you Mick, the, I, I firmly say that the this rugby club is not only ours it was also the property of the past generations but it's also the property of future generations as well and I think it's really important that we leave them room to create their own memories. I, I agree. Absolutely, totally agree. You're listening to Radio Newark Sport with the chairman of Newark Rugby called Mr Andrew Fern and the director of Rugby, Mr Tim Barker. And now it's time that we look at the future of Kellam Road. We've just said the facilities are second to none. But every time I talk rugby to anyone, we seem to get round to one subject, and that's the thorny one of how... Newark Rugby Club first team are going to progress up the league. In recent seasons, we've seen the likes of Scunthorpe and Paviors move up the divisions. I think Scunthorpe now are even playing national mm. national yeah, rugby. Well, they've not done that with a decent crop of young lads. They've obviously there's been some finance in there somewhere, even if they say there isn't. It just doesn't happen, does it? There's been some finance in there somewhere. Now, the ugly word in some people's eyes of putting it bluntly, paying players to play an amateur sport. That is on one side of this equation. Is Newark going to go down 
that line, look for promotion. The facilities are certainly there um, for it. Um, the chairman said earlier on tonight, it's an amateur community club. And I actually wrote that down, so I didn't want to forget that bit, because that, to me, is very, very important. But if it's going to stay an amateur community club... Are we to get used that Newark are going to flip between Division 1 and Division 2 of the East Midlands League? Some seasons are going to challenge, other seasons they're not going to challenge because it's all about who's gone to university and who hasn't gone to university. Um, gentlemen, my question to you, have the rugby club decided which way they want to take the playing side? Yeah, we, won't, we will not be paying players. Not for the foreseeable future, um, that that is for sure, um, and it's it's a good one because we'll be maybe sat here in a year's time and, and reviewing what was success for the nineteen twenty season, and whilst we are heavily focused on the first team, and I understand why that is, I could almost put up a better argument for saying the bigger issue within the club is getting three sides out on a more regular basis, on a, on a very regular basis. I mean, it only happened very few occasions this year. Generally, there were two. Sometimes there was only one. And for a, for a club like New York, that that really is not good enough. So I understand, in reality, we've got to do both. We've got to revive that second and third team, whether that third team, which I think it probably will be, would be a social side that guys for for whatever reason, uh, can't commit to every week, that's fine. Can't commit to training, maybe. That's fine. But they want a game of rugby and they want to align themselves to a club and their club is Newark. And we've got to be able to cater for that. And we will. Um, we've, in fact, got a meeting on Thursday at the club, which which I'm going to chair, which is really all about exploring with, with guys. Not, it's not with the board. It's with guys that, for whatever reason, are not now playing... We want to understand why it's current players that are playing who may have a, a handle on why some of their mates aren't playing as well. So what the question is, what do we need to do to revive that, to get playing numbers up? Recruitment is extremely difficult. Very, very difficult. I mean, I, I, wrote, I wrote a few things down just in relation to when I was playing, which was too long ago. And we have to acknowledge that things are not as they were. You know, I've written down, we had a great pull of, of RAF stations in the in the vicinity. We had rugby playing grammar schools. Um, I'm sure, I, I can't prove this, but I'm positive there'd be less people going to university. Mm. And of the people that went, I bet a higher proportion came back to work in Newark because of the job situation at, at, at that point. I'm sure we've got more self-employed people now. And I know from the RFU survey and also from feedback on our guys... The, the fear and risk of injury when you're self-employed is significant, it's high. And some guys with families just won't do it for that, for that very reason. And generally, on, we, we've got different work patterns now. It, 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 it just is the case. It's just a fact. So accepting all that, we've, we've got to reach out and, and think what, what will bring players back. And certainly being al- them allowed to play on, on, if you want to inverse commas, their own terms and and maybe it would be every other week or every third week. It doesn't really matter. Um, 
but it's a truism without a strong second team you will not have a strong first team and likewise without a third team you're not going to have a strong second team so we've got to get to grips with that and, and the first step will be Thursday playing devil's advocate then <clears throat> a little bit and, and I applaud what you've just said I, I really do because to me that's how it should be um, but is there a danger of losing some of the youngsters some of the very good youngsters as mr chairman's already pointed out that's gone right through to play for midlands to go to a higher higher grade of rugby and if they do that do you say well the best of luck to you i think i mean we would as i said a few minutes ago in an ideal world we'd be looking to do both things to to revive the twos and threes and to concentrate to give enough enough concentration on the first to make to make them stronger and to give those young players that I mentioned, 21-year-old uh, being the average age of the pack, um, give them a place where they feel they can be developed as players and, and people. Um, there's always a risk that a good player will go elsewhere and I think if if that is outstandingly so, then they would go with our blessing um, and it, it, if it's handled properly and, and one would hope it is. Um what would annoy you is if you lose quality players to possibly a side in one league higher. I mean, if somebody jumps like Matt Lord, jump two or three leagues. Um, yeah, he was Sheffield, you know, and yeah. he was at Sheffield. You, you, anyways, you, 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 you have to say that, that's a different. Great, just remember where to send good, your shirt. Good luck, and, and we're yeah. we're here when, yeah. if things change. Um, but on the whole, yes, you would you would definitely want to try and retain those quality players because it's they are the core of what that side is going to be for the next five years you change coaches a month before the season finished which to some was a strange decision not to leave it until mm, mm. The, the end of the season because yeah. um it almost smacked as a, a footballism if if you like and a panic move <clears throat> but i understand off here before we started why mm. what why the decision was made when it was made um the new man that's come in then is he happy with what you've told him or was he expecting a pot of gold i sincerely hope he wasn't no <laughs> and no 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 he wasn't um the new coach is adam corcoran he's a localish guy he's, he was his last season he spent at paviors prior to that he was at ilkeston so he understands if you like our type of clubs that that community environment we went through a, a pretty rigorous recruitment process certainly a rigorous interview process which i might add dusty was part of the four person panel and really really enjoyed that that experience so i certainly there there is no uh, there is no hard feelings there um and it was a professional process we had exactly the same questions asked by the same four in on the interview panel for every uh, every candidate and we 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 were absolutely unanimous that Adam was very close. On there were two outstanding candidates, and we felt Adam had a fantastic grasp of what we wanted. He wasn't just coming in thinking he's going to work with this, you know, an in inverted commas elite group of. Uh, this was a club environment where we need to revive the whole club, um, and I'm absolutely convinced he will. He, he understands. He he gets what we're looking for. What definitely. what what you actually haven't said outright but if i'm reading this correctly 
better game management last season, Newark could quite easily have finished third or fourth in the table. So that's something for the coach to work on. I think that's a fair comment, Mick. When you look at, yeah, some of those bonus points that went begging and some games that we should have should have won uh, or should have certainly should have picked something up on, um, that would have made a difference. So certainly game management, there was a period when we were... We were, we were camped inside. We were camped ten ten meters from the opposition's line, and we could not get over. Um, so yeah, better game management, closing games out, scoring when we're in scoring positions in that red zone, absolutely critical. Amateur community club. Do you have a? Will you have a problem, Mr. Chairman, if somebody turns around and says, "Well, that's just old-fashioned"? Uh, <clears throat> well, I suppose if enough people said it's old-fashioned, we might have. But nobody is saying it's old-fashioned. And uh, my reading of the mood in the club is that that is where people want to be. We said at the outset that we want to play at the best level we can as an amateur community club. Now, Mick, I've been around a long time now, and around the rugby community in the East Midlands, and I have seen... um, Clubs at our level take advantage of funding from, uh, for want of a better word, sugar daddies, when they've um, come along. And they've shut up two or three leagues. But I've refereed at clubs all over the place where you hardly hear um, a local English accent. You hear all South Africans, Australians, (laughs) New Zealanders, and you think, what's going on here? And it's clearly being funded by somebody and they shoot up two or three leagues and then somebody goes becomes disinterested the funding's withdrawn and back they come again and I have no intention well I'm anywhere around Newark of allowing us to fall into that trap Mm. (laughs) not let me hasten to add not that there is anybody out there who is wanting to give us a great <laughs> pot of money. Tim says there's no crock of gold, and there certainly isn't. But I don't think that's in anybody's interest. There is just one little caveat in there. And I suppose you might envisage a time when, if what we've got in terms of infrastructure down now, down there with the new facilities, if that became so successful that we were making a lot of money as a club for the club then I suppose some of our successors may at some stage say we ought to spend some of this money on improving playing standards by importing a player or two from elsewhere whether it's home or abroad I don't think that's remotely near or remotely relevant at the at the moment so i'm i i discount that but you never know we can't predict the future many many christmases ago i think father christmas was clean shaven then uh, we played away at stoke um and um i traveled in the car with charlie fears and richard ewins yeah and um we played against stoke they had an england b flanker an england b scrum half and they weren't Stoke lads, they just had trouble getting the boots on because of all the pound notes yeah. in them. And um, on the way back, I was sat in the back seat 
and Charlie and Richard had this conversation about funding. This is long before Rugby Union became anywhere near the professional ranks. And uh, basically, they had this long conversation, and then the following day, I wrote a sports thoughts for the advertiser, and there was just something about it wasn't quite right, so I phoned Richard Ewing and said, can I run this by you? And he said, yeah, by all means, read it out. And he went, and uh, so, it was based on their conversation, I, I read out the sports thoughts, and he said, yeah, bang on. Absolutely spot on. That is the future of Rugby Union. But unfortunately, you can't print it, Tony, because next season we'll be playing Rugby League. So I had to scrap <laughs> it. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's quarter to eight. It's Strider's time. And that means, of course, we must say hello to Graham. And a busyish weekend for you, Graham. Yeah, pretty busy. Uh, I thought I was going to get a nice uh, rest on Sunday afternoon. But uh, like result after result after result was uh, streaming in. And I ended up. Uh, Spending a couple of hours writing the report, we had uh, so many events. So I'll get on with telling you all about them. And uh, started up on Saturday morning uh, with the usual sort of park runs. And we, uh, of course, had a good old turnout at, at Newark. Uh, but also we had uh, park runners at Bakewell, Bestwood Village, Brundle, Clumber Park, Hillsborough, Market Raisin. And uh, a couple of the club members completed their 100th uh, park run on Saturday morning. That was at uh, Cascot and Jane Freshwater. So... Uh, well done to them, and well done to everybody who did park run. <coughs> so on to Sunday, and the largest turnout of striders and, uh, and family was at um, Austin for the Austin Spring Dash, and uh, Lewis Hopkinson was the uh, first strider to, to cross the finishing line, and the second uh, overall in a time of uh, 38 minutes and 48 and 47 seconds. Not quite a, a 10k race, it's a 10.25 or 10.3 or so, so it's a little bit further than 10k, so... Um, as I found out to my cost when I was sprinting for the what I thought was the 10k line uh, the other year when I did it but uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, uh, village event over in, in Austin and, uh, so a good turnout there Dave Hughes was our second finisher he was in 11th place overall 44 minutes and 39 seconds followed by Peter Davis Steve White Andy Scott uh, Stephen Tomlinson Hannah Jackson Karen Ilsley uh, Simon and Charlotte Palmer ran around together in 59 minutes and 19 seconds Nikita Padgett Tracy Partridge Anthea Moisey, Steve Padgett, Lynn Bobby, and uh, the aforementioned Cass Scott, who the day before, as I mentioned, did a 100th park run. There are quite a variety of events, actually, on Sunday, and uh, two of our members, Emma Gilbert and Becky Clift, were up in, uh, uh, in the peaks at Ashbourne doing the White Peaks, White Peaks Trail, which is a 25.7-kilometre um, run, which in old money is uh, 16 miles, and uh, Emma finished the course in uh, 2 hours 35 minutes and 4 seconds for silver time and award and uh, Becky 3 hours 5 minutes and 51 seconds for a bronze award Meanwhile in Leicestershire um, there were 3 striders including myself taking part in the Bosworth Half Marathon which was a really nice event actually uh, certainly undulating and the day was quite warm in the sunshine but uh, a very nice uh, course and a really well organised event um, down there in, uh, in Bosworth Gary Tasker was the first rider to finish, 1 hour 35 minutes and 11 seconds, followed by Jean-Louis Balistra, uh, 1 hour 38 and uh, 12 seconds himself, 1 hour 49 and 36 minutes, 36 seconds. Uh, it's a couple of 10-mile races, it's not the most common distance, but uh, you do get 10-mile races, and in Norfolk, uh, Deerham, Gemma Latham was down there, to, did uh, the Deerham 10-mile, 1 hour 45 minutes and uh, 18 seconds. 
and uh, up north in County Durham. Uh, Richard Scott was uh, doing the 10-mile uh, Durham Trail race, and uh, there was over a thousand feet of climbing in that one. So it was a, a pretty tough affair. Uh, but he's a pretty tough guy, and he did the course in one hour, 33 minutes, and 10 seconds. And the news from overseas, um, over in Germany, uh, two uh, new striders taking part in events in Berlin, and uh, Claire Prothero did a 25-kilometre race in three hours, uh, no, no minutes and 33 seconds, and uh, and uh, Emma Holt, a 10k race, it was on at the same time, one hour, five minutes and uh, 40 seconds. And uh, so last night we had our um, Run and Revise event. Uh, that's to say that the, uh, the, the turnout was, was quite low, but it was a, a good event. My own daughter was there and she gave me some feedback. She said it was a really enjoyable event um, over at the track there. Um, and so what's coming up then? Um, this weekend we've got a, a park run tour, which is uh, the striders are going to descend on Colic Park Run. Uh, sometimes once a month we go out to a different place as a group and uh, have a park run and a cup of tea and, uh, and a bacon sandwich afterwards. And then on the Sunday, uh, there's a Clawson 10K. That's an event I did last year myself, really enjoyable um, cross-country uh, sort of trail event, 10K, and uh, uh, over the long course and there. Uh, really nice event there. And that's what we've been doing and what we've got coming up. Fantastic, Graham. And uh, uh, it's um, your report is also on our social media pages with um, a few photos as well. Um, Graham, we'll catch you next week when you can talk, tell us all about... Uh, Long Clawson. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thanks, Graham. Bye-bye. The wonderful Graham Welsh there with the Newark Striders Report. Well, gents, you've been absolutely honest and straight down the line with us, and um, I'm so pleased it's going to stop with what the chairman calls an amateur community club. I, I I think there's been a big debate about it, so every time I talk to somebody, that seems to be the question, but you, you're almost saying that it's not from your sort of angle. Uh, no, there's no debate at Newark Rugby Club about it. And uh, I, th- I just think it's healthy. Uh, if it, if it was different, I'd tell you. But it's it's not. I don't hear anybody saying it needs to change. No, I'm not saying it needs to change, but it is it going to change? And we know it's not going to change, and no. we know it's going to stop. No. It's, the 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 one thing I always associate New York Rugby Club with is tradition. Mm-hmm. It just seems to go with. I mean. It, Yes, you built the new clubhouse and we've had the conversation about it, but it's still got tradition. For a brand new facility to have tradition, I think that's just not too bad at all. Um, We're running out of time very quickly. Um, Let's have a quick talk about the juniors because I think, um, quite frankly, they're second to none, aren't they? Oh, do you know, uh, Mick, two two Sundays ago, I was down at the um, mini presentation and you had all these youngsters from five up to 12 on the first team pitch receiving their medals and receive, receiving the man of the season awards and all that sort of stuff and it was so good i was really thrilled for them all i came back with a real buzz after it was all over <laughs> and then last friday i was down in the club again all the um uh, the youth teams were there from under 13 up to uh, under 15 getting their medals getting their presentations they were there with their mum and dads they all sat down 180 of them for a meal with presentations that followed again i was so proud of them 
and it gave me a real thrill. We are so fortunate in having a fantastic team of committed coaches, managers, volunteers looking after all those age groups. They do a fantastic job. I'm, my admiration for them is totally unqualified. Is They're the, great. Is the chairman allowed to have any favourites? Favourite what? Favourite teams? Uh, what do you mean outside New York Rugby Club? No, in New York Rugby Club. I, I, oh, I'm, no, no, no. I'm no, alluding no. to the fact that um, <laughs> sports presenters can have favourite teams. And, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, it's been, it's, I've, been packaged, I've been told on many occasions that, that um, the Rugby Club girls get more plugs on this radio show than any other club put together. Well, but yeah, we haven't mentioned that, them tonight, which is, which is remiss it's, of them, it's, and we will be in remarkable. trouble. It's um, remarkable. But... Because they I, do I a still fantastic think, job as well. I still think from four years ago when Jess Weaver sat in here with Mark Dobb saying we've got four members and we want to try and form a, a rugby team and everybody said, what, girls? Rugby? Yeah, yeah righto. And <laughs> one national championship later, one national championship final later, she's captained England under-18s. Talking of success and talking of amateur community clubs, that has got to be one heck of an achievement oh fantastic um it's totally thrilling and i I was talking about uh, the thrill of being at those two presentation occasions but uh some of us went down at the end of last season to ealing trail finders to watch the uh under 18 girls uh, i've watched sport for so proud of them i've watched sport for 50 years and okay yes the best team won yeah but for 50 minutes the best team in the country didn't have a clue about how to get past the defence of the Newark Rugby Club girls and it was only when injuries started taking its toll yeah. that they could bring on somebody else who was an England international and somebody else who was an England international and little old Newark couldn't do that that's the only time that they got top side of, of Newark that was the best performance by a team I have seen in my life Girls on no, I couldn't agree with you more. Great, yeah, it day. really wasn't that. So no, I don't have favourites. That's uh, why I love them all. That's <laughs> why Newark Rugby Club can't change because you can't mm. lose what we saw mm. Mm. on that day. You can't lose what we saw at Southall when you yeah. know, you won that game because we're so pleased and proud that you won that that game. What team then are you? expecting from next season uh, hoping for probably hope, better well, way ex- I'm expecting a tough season certainly at, at first team level in that league I think we've said it all, all already haven't we it's not it's not going to get any easier um, Melbourne are going up Melbourne Mowbray coming down unfortunately there's always a team isn't it because it was West Bridgeford the previous yeah. year that was by far and away in front of anybody <coughs> else yeah yeah streets ahead yeah streets ahead um, it was all it was seven simple. foot was, tall as well as I recall. It was, it was no Melbourne was <laughs> tough. It was. I mean, saying that we 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 certainly gave a good account of ourselves at, at home, and that could have gone. But we were well and truly bossed at their place, well and truly. Um, you, you did it in sort of almost sections, didn't you? you know, oh, four on, four off, oh, four it, on, oh, four off. Mate, it was. We started <laughs> off. September was absolutely staggering. Staggering. Started off. Um, Ashby at home win. Dronfield away win. Uh, set, and then we didn't win a game. October was dreadful. 
Well, wait, wait, Wales busy trying to get Rob to say that he was going to be champions, but he won't have an edit. Well, we were, we were leading, um, we were all second. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It, 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 um, was, it was rosy, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's going to be. Wrong. Yeah, going back to the question, it, it is going to be be tough. I mean, it'd be ridiculous to try and predict a finish. It's it's just too too tight. It's too strong. I mean, in terms of what we'll be looking to do, we'll be looking to build on our, our home form. We'll be looking to be fitter and stronger we need to, if we possibly can manager injuries uh and game thriving. management well and game management let's have, let's have, let's uh, have that one yeah and um yeah that's that's the one thing we, we were saying in terms of fitness and we, we we're going to appoint i wouldn't say a new but it's a new role uh stuart birch who is a club member is going to be appointed of, as head of performance. Right. So we're recognising... Well, it, come, it, it comes with the credentials for it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Absolutely it does. And I'm delighted. Um, you know, I've known Stuart, know Stuart well. We've been working with him closely this year. So it's it's formalising and building on what he's, what he's been doing, uh, but he's clearly going to be more visible across, across the club, which is great news. Tony, in a minute, one minute, sum up what you've heard. I, th- I think it's we, we, we've learnt some very important things. Um, the fact that Mick's been watching uh, sport for fifty years—I don't know what he was doing until he was thirty. But that's, that's, um, the, the other important thing is uh, that uh, New York Rugby Club aren't going to go down the road of uh, financing the players, which is, I think, is very, very important. As someone who's, who's known the history of the club for third of a century, I, th- I think that's very, very important because, as has quite rightly been pointed out. If you go down that road, um, it leads to instant success, but unfortunately, very rapid demise. And um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad, from my point of view, that that's not going to happen. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's very, very important that the history and the tradition, more importantly, the, the tradition of Newt Rugby Club, is continued through that vein. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in. Thank you for being so honest with us and answering the um, the questions. Um, I can't wait it all starts again in september before then of course we'll have you back because we need to talk a lot more about the junior sections but tonight i really wanted to concentrate on on what is the first team and where the first team are going and we now know where the first team are going so andrew and tim thank you very much for attending radio notes sports now brilliant company and we'll catch up with you again very soon tomorrow night sarah robinson and chris wade are in the hot seat as we grill newark town rob orgill's coming in soon <laughs> and you know if rob comes in there's going to be the odd joke and i'm going to leave you with the fact that uh, two ships have collided in the english channel one carrying red paint and um one carrying blue paint apparently both crews ended up marooned and on that note bye bye